Section 14 of the $30,000 Bequest and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The $30,000 Bequest and Other Stories by Mark Twain. Section 14. Italian Without a Master. It is almost a fortnight now that I am domiciled in a medieval villa in the country, a mile or two from Florence. I cannot speak the language. I am too old now to learn how, also too busy when I am busy, and too indolent when I am not. Wherefore some will imagine that I am having a dull time of it. But it is not so. The help are all natives. They talk Italian to me. I answer in English. I do not understand them. They do not understand me. Consequently no harm is done, and everybody is satisfied. In order to be just and fair, I throw in an Italian word when I have one, and this has a good influence. I get the word out of the morning paper. I have to use it while it is fresh, for I find that Italian words do not keep in this climate. They fade toward night, and next morning they are gone. But it is no matter. I get a new one out of the paper before breakfast, and thrill the domestics with it while it lasts. I have no dictionary, and I do not want one. I can select words by the sound or by orthographic aspect. Many of them have French or German or English look, and these are the ones I enslave for the day's service. That is, as a rule, not always. If I find a learnable phrase that has an imposing look and warbles musically along, I do not care to know the meaning of it. I pay it out to the first applicant, knowing that if I pronounce it carefully, he will understand it, and that's enough. Yesterday's word was avanti. It sounds Shakespearean, and probably means avant and quit my sight. Today I have a whole phrase, sono dispiacentissimo. I do not know what it means, but it seems to fit in everywhere and gives satisfaction. Although as a rule my words and phrases are good for one day and train only, I have several that stay by me all the time for some unknown reason, and these come very handy when I get into a long conversation and need things to fire up with in monotonous stretches. One of the best ones is Dovi el gato. It nearly always produces a pleasant surprise, therefore I save it up for places where I want to express applause or admiration. The fourth word has a French sound, and I think the phrase means that takes the cake. During my first week in the deep and dreamy stillness of this woodsy and flowery place, I was without news of the outside world, and was well content without it. It has been four weeks since I had seen a newspaper, and this lack seemed to give life a new charm and grace, and to saturate it with a feeling verging upon actual delight. Then change came that was to be expected. The appetite for news began to rise again, after this invigorating rest. I had to feed it, but I was not willing to let it make me its helpless slave again. I determined to put it on a diet, and a strict and limited one. So I examined an Italian paper, with the idea of feeding it on that, and on that exclusively. On that exclusively, and without help of a dictionary. In this way I should surely be well protected against overloading and indigestion. A glance at the telegraphic page filled me with encouragement. There were no scareheads. That was good, supremely good. 
but there were headings, one-liners and two-liners, and that was good too, for without these one must do as one does with a German paper, pay our precious time in finding out what an article is about, only to discover, in many cases, that there is nothing in it of interest to you. The headline is a valuable thing. Necessarily we are all fond of murders, scandals, swindles, robberies, explosions, collisions, and all such things, when we knew the people, and when they are neighbors and friends, but when they are strangers we do not get any great pleasure out of them as a rule. Now the trouble with an American paper is that it has no discrimination. It rakes the whole earth for blood and garbage, and the result is that you are daily overfed and suffer a surfeit. By habit you stow this muck every day, but you come by and by to take no vital interest in it. Indeed, you almost get tired of it. As a rule, forty-nine-fiftieths of it concerns strangers only. People away off yonder, a thousand miles, two thousand miles, ten thousand miles from where you are. Why, when you come to think of it, who cares what becomes of those people? I would not give the assassination of one personal friend for a whole massacre of those others. And, to my mind, one relative or neighbor mixed up in a scandal is more interesting than a whole Sodom and Gomorrah of outlanders gone rotten. Give me the home product every time. Very well. I saw at a glance that the Florentine paper would suit me. Five out of six of its scandals and tragedies were local. They were adventures of one's very neighbors, one might almost say one's friends. In the matter of world news there was not too much, but just about enough. I subscribed. I have had no occasion to regret it. Every morning I get all the news I need for the day, sometimes from the headlines, sometimes from the text. I have never had to call for a dictionary yet. I read the paper with ease. Often I do not quite understand, often some of the details escape me, but no matter, I get the idea. I will cut out a passage or two, then you will see how limpid the language is. Il ritorno dei biati d'Italia. Elargizion del re all'ospedale italiano. The first line means that the Italian sovereigns are coming back. They have been to England. The second line seems to mean that they enlarged the king at the Italian hospital. With a banquet, I suppose. An English banquet has that effect. Further, Il ritorno dei sovrani a Roma. Roma, 24, ore, 22, 50. I sovrani e le principissine reali si attendono a Roma domani ai ore, 1551. Return of the sovereigns to Rome, you see. Date of the telegram, Rome, November 24, 10 minutes before 23 o'clock. The telegram seems to say, the sovereigns and the royal children expect themselves at Rome tomorrow at fifty-one minutes after fifteen o'clock. I do not know about Italian time, but I judge it begins at midnight and runs through the twenty-four hours without breaking bulk. In the following ad, the theatres open at half-past twenty. If these are not matinees, twenty-thirty must mean eight-thirty p.m. by my reckoning. Spettacoli del D. Twenty-five Teatro della Pergola, ore twenty thirty, opera, Boheme, Teatro Aliferi, Compagnia Dramatica Drago, ore twenty thirty, La Lege, Alhambra, ore twenty thirty, 
Spettacolo variato. Sala Edison. Grandioso spettacolo cinematografico. Quo vadis. Inaugurazione della Chiesa Russa. In coda alderitissimo. Vedute di Firenze con gran movimento. America. Transporto tronci gigatenci. Iladri and Casa del Diavolo. Cine comice. Cinematografo. Via Brunelleschi number four. Programma straordinario. Don Cisote. Prezi populari. The whole of that is intelligible to me, and sane and rational too, except the remark about the inauguration of a Russian Chinese. That one oversizes my hand. Give me five cards. This is a four-page paper, and as it is set in long primer leaded and has a page of advertisements, there is no room for the crimes, disasters, and general sweepings of the outside world. Thanks be. Today I find only a single importation of the off-color sort. Una principessa che fugge in un cocciere. Parigi 24. Il matin a de Berlino che la principessa chauvinbare Waldenbure scomparve il 9 noviembre. Sarebbe partita col suo cocciere. La principessa a 27 anni. 27 years old and scomparve, scampered, on the 9th November. You see by the added detail that she departed with her coachman. I hope Sarebe has not made a mistake, but I am afraid the chances are that she has. Sono dispiancentissimo. There are several fires, also a couple of accidents. This is one of them. Grave disgrazia sul ponte vecchio. Stamatina, circa le 7.30, mentre Giuseppe Schiatti, di anni 55, di Casalina e Tori, passava dal Ponte Vecchio, stando seduto sopra un barocchio carico di verdura, perse l'equilibrio e cade al suolo, rimanendo con la gamba destra sotto una rota del veicolo. Lo schiati fu sabito raccolto da alcuni cittadini che, por mezzo della pubblica vettura number 365, lo trasporto a San Giovanni di Dio. Ivi il medico di guardia gli risconto la frattura della gamba destra e alcune lieve escoriazioni giudicandolo guaribile in fifty giorni salvo complicazioni. What it seems to say is this, serious disgrace on the old, old bridge. This morning, about 7.30, Mr. Joseph Schiatti, aged 55, of Casalina and Torrey, while standing up in a sitting posture on top of a carico barrow of verdure, foliage, hay, vegetables, lost his equilibrium and fell on himself, arriving with his left leg under one of the wheels of the vehicle. Said Schiatti was suddenly harvested, gathered in, by several citizens, who by means of public cab number 365 transported to St. John of God. Paragraph number 3 is a little obscure, but I think it says that the medico set the broken left leg, right enough, since there was nothing the matter with the other one, and that several are encouraged to hope that fifty days will fetch him around in quite giocondolo guaribile way if no complications intervene. I am sure I hope so myself. 
there is a great and peculiar charm about reading new scraps in a language which you are not acquainted with, the charm that always goes with the mysterious and the uncertain. You can never be absolutely sure of the meaning of anything you read in such circumstances. You are chasing an alert and gamey riddle all the time, and the baffling turns and dodges of the prey make the life of the hunt. A dictionary would spoil it. Sometimes a single word of doubtful purport will cast a veil of dreamy and golden uncertainty over a whole paragraph of cold and practical certainties, and leave steeped in a haunting and adorable mystery an incident which had been vulgar and commonplace but for that benefaction. Would you be wise to draw a dictionary on that gracious word? Would you be properly grateful? After a couple of days' rest I now come back to my subject and seek a case in point. I find it without trouble in the morning paper, a cablegram from Chicago and Indiana by way of Paris. All the words save one are guessable by a person ignorant of Italian. Revolverate and Teatro, Parigi 27, La Patria ada Chicago. Il Guardiano del Teatro dell'Opera di Wallace, Indiana, Avendo voluto espolare uno spettatore che continuava a fumare malgrado il divieti, questo spalagiato dai suoi amici tiro diversi colpi di rivotella. Il guardiano ripose, nacque una scarica generale. Grande panico tra gli spettatori, nessun ferito. Translation Revolveration in theater Paris, 27th. La Patrie has from Chicago. The cop of the theater of the opera of Wallace, Indiana, had willed to expel a spectator which continued to smoke in spite of the prohibition, who, spalagiato by his friends, tire, French tire, anglice pulled, manifold revolver shots, great panic among the spectators, nobody hurt. It is bettable that that harmless cataclysm in the theater of the opera of Wallace, Indiana, excited not a person in Europe but me, and so came near to not being worth cabling to Florence by way of France. But it does excite me. It excites me because I cannot make out, for sure, what it was that moved the spectator to resist the officer. I was gliding along smoothly and without obstruction or accident, until I came to that word spalagiato then the bottom fell out. You notice what a rich gloom, what a somber and pervading mystery, that word sheds over the whole Wallachian tragedy. That is the charm of the thing, that is the delight of it. This is where you begin, this is where you revel. You can guess and guess, and have all the fun you like. You need not be afraid there will be an end to it. None is possible, for no amount of guessing will ever furnish you a meaning for that word, that you can be sure is the right one. All the other words give you hints by their form, their sound, or their spelling. This one doesn't. This one throws out no hints. This one keeps its secret. If there is even the slightest slight shadow of a hint anywhere, it lies in the very meagerly suggestive fact that spalagiato carries our word egg in its stomach. Well, make the most out of it, and then where are you at? You conjecture that the spectator, which was smoking in spite of the prohibition, and became reprohibited by the guardians, was egged on by his friends, and that was owing to that evil influence that he initiated the revolveration in theatre that has galloped under the sea and come crashing through the European press 
without exciting anybody but me. But are you sure, are you dead sure, that that was the way of it? No. Then the uncertainty remains, the mystery abides, and with it the charm. Guess again. If I had a phrase-book of a really satisfactory sort, I would study it, and not give all my free time to undictionarial readings, but there is no such work on the market. The existing phrase-books are inadequate. They are well enough as far as they go, but when you fall down and skin your leg, they don't tell you what to say. End of Italian Without a Master Recording by Tricia G.